there, and welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. We are on 270, 270 episodes. It is phenomenal to think that's where we're at. In this episode today, I specifically wanted to do a little crossover. So I wanted to share a recent episode off of my new podcast, Burnt Out to Badass, because I absolutely adore the guest. Her name is Shang. She is came into my life through Instagram. She was a marketing consultant who really has lit the fire world literally on fire. So that's financially independent, retire early culture, if you don't know what fire stands for. Anyway, I want to share a little bit to show you the conversations that I'm having over at Burnt Out to Badass, where Dr. Me First is more physician-focused. Burnt Out to Badass is really open to anyone and everyone, and I want to be normalizing the conversation around burnout and that it's not a moral failing and you are not broken, and even the most successful people have this in their life. So we're going to just cut it straight in and give it to you. Rock along with me with our new music. But before we do this, I do got to pay some bills. So let me tell you again about MR Insurance. They are an insurance company I've been talking about the last couple weeks. They're a sponsor of the Doctor Podcast Network. And they are a small business that helps us physicians get disability insurance. So Michael, he's the CFP professional and the insurance agent that is working and committed to helping us nationwide get term life and disability insurance. He provides objective, transparent, and education-focused process that he aims to help doctors make prudent decisions and avoid overcomplicating things. Because Lord knows we got to do that. He exclusively offers own occupation disability insurance policies for residents, fellows, and other physicians. We at Dr. Podcast Network are super happy to show him off and for him to help you with whatever your needs are. So just get a hold of him. Tell him that I sent you from Dr. Me First by visiting drpodcastnetwork.com backslash insurance or give him a call at 800-817-4552. Okay, let's get into episode two of Burnt Out to Badass. Here we go. Welcome to the Burnt Out to Badass podcast, my new friend, Shung. She is a management consultant by day and a personal finance blogger by night. My team found her on the internet, and I am just so elated to have her today. So, Shung, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Erin. I am uh, in my 30s now. I am a newly minted mom of just a little over a year. And uh, during pandemic, my husband and I and our child have been uh, sheltering in place with our my parents most of the time. But right now we're in California and it's been wild. It's been a wild year. And I'm sure many of you guys can relate to that. But uh, we've got each other and I'm so, so blessed to have my health and be here with you today. I love it. And the reason that I had you on the podcast was because of your compelling story from where you are to where you are you are now. So let's start like scoop back back into the 20s <laughs> years ago and I want you to give me a sneak peek of what burnout looked and felt like for you. Yeah. So let's roll back about 10 years, 8 8 to 10 years ago. I'm in my mid 20s. I just graduated from business school 
At that time, hubby and I are in a long-distance relationship. He lives in New York. I live in San Francisco. I am juggling multiple things. So I work at an e-commerce startup during the day. And then I run my own side hustle, a wedding photography company at night. I have an active social life. I'm always out and about. So a typical day for me would look like this. In the morning, I would go to the startup and I'd work. And it's a pretty demanding job where I'm often asking myself, am I going to get fired next day? Is my business going to blow up? Because I don't know how this is going to survive. We, we had tons of, you know, tons of issues to deal with. And I'm working on that. And I don't remember doing much for myself during the day. I'm trying to, you know, our food is brought, catered and I didn't have to take care of myself. And in the moment that I get back home, I'm on my computer, I'm hustling, I'm blogging, I'm editing photos, I'm writing my clients. I would sometimes do photo shoots, not only on the weekends and evenings when I had time, but sometimes I would even do them in the mornings when the sun rises. I remember one time I, I promised a sunrise shoot with a client and they would like call me five minutes away. They were outside my door. They're like, are you ready? I'm like, ah, because I had overslept my alarm. So I'm doing that. Then my hubby or my, my boyfriend at that time, uh, would come every three weeks to see me. And a lot of times I would be working in my bed while he's working in the living room during the precious time that we have together. And normal, and that's like okay in certain, in certain circumstances, but when you're long distance, you just don't have that much time together. So then he would pick fights with me. And I remember we had these epic, epic fights where I felt like this relationship could not work. Like there's no way this relationship would work because I wasn't putting in the time into our relationship. And to drown all of that out, I just let my life look nice on social media. I was always blogging about my new clothes, fancy food that I was eating. I would constantly just like try to dream up of nice vacations to have my mind escape to. And I was just darn right miserable. I would just lash out at the most random of things, at like strangers, at things that offended me online. I would just lash out and participate in comment wars and things like that. So I was just not happy, very stressed out and didn't, at that time, just didn't realize I was on the verge of burnout. That's what I was going to say. Did you have any kind of awareness? Because I know when I was in my, before I got super crispy with burnout, but like in the like simmering stage, I had no idea. Did you? I think I was burned to a crisp before my husband, my husband had been trying to tell me, he's like, this is not sustainable. You can't be on top of your game in everything in life. There's got to be work-life balance. Now, I was trying to get my photography published in national magazines. And I was trying to make sure that like my startup or like the startup that I was part of wouldn't fall apart. And sometimes you would have engineering issues over the weekend. And then me and the engineer would be called into the office to try to figure out what's going on to troubleshoot. And the toxicity that was in my head, I thought was just normal because everybody else around me, at least I thought, worked just as hard for the same reasons. So to me, that felt okay because I was among high-performing people and I never took a step back to ask, was this right for me? Girl, absolutely. That high performance, we look around and instead of being like, oh, is it us working harder? We're like, what are all you other suckers doing? <laughs> and then when we burn out, then we're like, oh, maybe there is something that, you know, you said about your husband, what my husband said to me was like, I don't know who this bitch is, but I want my wife back. And that was a big like woo -woo, red flags because I mean, it, of course, it hurt in the moment, but it was so true. Like I, yeah. 
I was so consumed with making sure everything on the outside was all put together and how it quote unquote should be that like inside was empty, trapped, scared, and downright like bone dead, exhausted. Mm -hmm. And, And angry for me, it was anger. Yes, I was tired and I functioned a very little sleep, but it just translated to anger towards things that shouldn't normally bug me. Like, oh, you know, in San Francisco, sometimes people act a little wild towards you on the street and they bang their hands on a bus. I got angry at that. Or like the bus came late. I I, I always, um, I commuted by bus. So a lot of my life revolved around the San Francisco buses. So I would get angry at the bus system. And I would get angry if like my, my car didn't swipe right or something. And or like the food that I had. I was at a restaurant with my husband one day. And I sent my dish back to the kitchen, not once, but twice, because I just did not like the way that it was cooked. And he was just looking at me like, are you crazy? Probably like, just don't bother with it. We'll get something else. Why did you send that dish back twice? Right. So that was how it was manifesting. Yeah. So let's talk about kind of when you came to the point of being like, okay, this is no longer sustainable. What was that like? This actually went on for quite some time. We got married. I moved to New York. I started a corporate job in New York where the hours were better, but the pressure was still there. I had two very demanding bosses and I was taking on even more work. I like, I never learned my lesson. I took on more work for my photography side hustle. I now did even more sunrise photo shoot because in New York, that's the only time you could get like a nice shot of Central Park with no tourists in the background. So I did even more sunrise photo shoots. I was getting even less sleep. And my husband and I fought in this tiny, tiny apartment that we were living in because we were saving money. And there was the time that I finally realized that something was broken was he gifted me this beautiful poster when we were dating of a uh, ballerina painting and I put it on the wall. During the fight, I ripped that poster down and then I tried to smash a um, dish. The dish didn't break, by the way, only chipped when I smashed because clearly I don't have that much strength. But I was trying to rip something that symbolically meant a lot to our relationship. And that was when I was like, hmm, okay, maybe maybe there's something going on with me that I need to figure out. And how, how did you start your healing? Oh my gosh, it was, uh, it was eating a big, big slice of humble pie. <laughs> Um, I would say humble is not the word to describe me growing up for sure. I have a very, very inflated sense of self. I still probably do. Um, And uh, my husband's like, have you considered therapy? And like therapy, that word like set off so many alarm bells in my head. I was brought up in a culture. um, I'm Chinese American. where like, if if you go to a therapist, there's got to be something like really wrong with you. And mental health is not acknowledged. When I was growing up, no one ever thought it was a thing to go to therapy. And so when I when he finally convinced me to go, and I went, when I made that very first call to find a therapist, I literally thought, wow, I am such a broken human being that I need therapy, right? And like, I just thought that there was something so, so, so wrong with me. And thankfully, I found the most amazing therapist on that first try. I know not everybody gets that chance, but I did. And over time, I worked with her for about two years. I came to realize, actually, mental health should be just as, if not even more important than your physical health, 
And just as I go to the doctor for like my cold or whatever, I should be going to get my mental health treated whenever it doesn't, when it's not at, at its best. And it doesn't mean that I'm a broken, bad human being. It just means that it's an organ that needs treatment just like everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's such an important point is that you are not broken. None of us are quote unquote broken, but I know that's exactly <laughs> how I felt as well. Like I was looking around and I'm like, I have done all the things. What is wrong with me? And it's amazing when you do eat the humble pie because it is humble pie to ask for help because as high performing yeah. alpha females, that's the last thing we want to do is ask for help because yeah. we can get it done. But when we ask for help, isn't it so eye-opening when you start learning things that, oh, maybe my brain isn't telling me 100% factual things all the time. Or maybe the things that I'm feeling are just feelings and they don't have to control me. And like the invisible rule book that I've written of how things should be, actually, that we don't have to follow those rules. Those were some things that were really important for me as I was going through my journey. Share a few of those insights that you learned from your therapist. Oh my gosh, I had so many rules. And it was because I was brought up with the mentality of if it is not an A plus job done with A plus effort, you have failed. And that was drilled into my head. That's what got me into Harvard and University of Chicago. Great schools, great jobs, great everything. But no one taught me to be like, wait, you can also relax those assumptions because like, I'm not sending people on rocket ships into space where like every calculation matters. I'm not, you know, operating on a human body on the table. There's a lot of stuff that I do that honestly, if I'm off by 1%, it's not the end of the world. It's not killing anyone. But I adopted that, that relentless mentality that it had to be perfect. And then on top of that, I also had the false belief that my emotions controlled me. I just thought, look, I'm an emotional person. I react in passionate ways. And that's who I am. And that's the way that life should be. So if I'm emotional, the world should just go along with it. And my therapist really, really helped me understand where that came from. And she said, look, you got to put yourself first. And I didn't even realize that I wasn't. She was like, when, when do you back up time for yourself? And I looked at my calendar and I was like, maybe the last two, three percent of the day. She's like, yeah, that, that doesn't seem right. Like more, it, there should be a lot more of that focused on you, Shang, and not like everything else. Right. And then um, she taught me great techniques. I mean, I also read, you know, writings written by Viktor Frankl, mm -hmm. some other really great psychologists, psychologists out there about the concept that you can separate circumstance from your reactions. And that your circumstances can be absolutely awful or unfair or just not going the way that you don't, not going the way you want it to go. But you can take a step back, remove yourself from the situation and say, I am going to control how I react to these sucky circumstances. And I can, I can invite peace into my own mind. That was mind blowing because I've never learned how to do that before. And my therapist taught me over the course of about two years to really reframe my mind that way. Yeah. So, so important, especially perfectionism. Oh my gosh. I, I do a whole big talk about adaptive versus maladaptive perfectionism because really perfectionism, it is a superpower and still until it becomes pathologic and becomes our kryptonite. And then it impairs us so very much. 
I have several friends who are Southeast Asian d- descendant and through medical school. And, you know, just seeing how if they weren't at the top of the class, like you said, if it's not the A plus, like just seeing how that they view that as a failure breaks mm-hmm. my heart. But yet I know yeah. I have similarities in that when I think about perfectionism. And so during this time when you were doing therapy and your mind was being blown by like, oh my gosh, I don't have to believe all these thoughts that were happening. You also started living a more simple life. Can you talk a little bit about that and how how that showed up in you guys' relationship? It kind of happened at the same time, although it wasn't planned that way. When my husband and I got married, we decided that we would live off of the lower of our two incomes, which at that time was mine, in the heart of one of the most expensive cities in the whole world, to bring about what he said at that time was optionality. In today's media, this concept is actually known as FIRE, financial independence, retire early. I just didn't know that that was what it was called back then. I just thought, okay, we're being really, really frugal and like spending like no money, which was so counterintuitive. If you recall, Deshang in her 20s was trying to patch over her anger and her negativity by buying things and going on vacations and eating fancy food. So all that pairing back in the beginning felt like it was destroying my innermost being, destroying the lifestyle that I enjoyed. Well, it was taking away your coping mechanisms. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I was like, where's my fancy food? I can't have my fancy avocado toast, darn it. I love avocado toast. Um, and we couldn't, we, uh, we didn't have the budget for avocado toast when, when going out to brunch. So it was sad. I, 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 it, I cried so hard when we first tried that. I, I understood what my husband was driving towards and he's great. He, he's got his emotions under control. But man, if I had not been going through therapy, I also wouldn't have had the toolkit to see that the simple life can be joyful and that it can be great if there's a purpose. What's amazing now is that we, we finished sort of that path. We, we learned how to live off of the, of the lower our two incomes. We invested like crazy. We now work, live and work the work optional life where I said I was a new mom, right? I took a whole year off to be with my son and I didn't get paid most of that year. And we were financially okay because that simple lifestyle we did set us up for it. And even these days, I'm enjoying my job. So I'm back to work full time. But if push came to shove, like, for example, if, you know, my son's daycare is going to be closed for a really long time or whatever, I also have the freedom to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to take some time off of work until this daycare situation resolves. And I'm not going to feel it financially, which is, again, a, a huge amount of relief and peace that I wouldn't have had that I wouldn't even dream of having like 10 years ago. And I think that's a really important point to bring up. So many times people stay in the job that is burning them out. They stay in the lifestyle because they they don't even see like any of the other options. But as you start like opening up and taking off the blinders and being like, oh, we can actually live differently. It opens up so many other options that like in the middle of COVID, when people are worried about paychecks and, and all of that, like you were able to be like, hey, we're, we're going to be okay. Now, no, you know, you're not like jet hopping to Mexico every other weekend. But I think you said it right when you said like really finding out what brings you joy and canceling hustle culture. Because what was it? What was it getting you? What was it getting me at the end of the day besides just dead dog exhausted? Exactly. And, and I didn't 
once I began paring back my expenses, I realized I didn't need all that much to live. And I'm not disparaging again, like I know that this has been a tough year for a lot of people and there's a lot of people financially hurting. And I'm not, I try not to flaunt, you know, the fact that I'm financially set. I realize I've also had a lot of luck on the way. But I do want to say, you know, we had a very simple apartment in New York when we first started. And yes, I miss my avocado toast, but I also learned how to cook, which was great because I was the girl that burned chicken when I first got married. And now I don't burn my chicken anymore. <laughs> and I pare back my professional clothing. And then I realized people don't remember what I wore two days ago at my job. So, hey, I can, I can get a steady rotation of just a few shirts and sweaters and that's okay. And what, what really got to me was the, the going out part because I'm social and I love being around friends. My friends also can spend a lot of money. And I realized that at the end of the day, I just wanted companionship and community. That doesn't have to mean a fancy meal or a nice dessert place just to meet that need. And so paring down to finding what, what's the true joy that my mind needed? It was that companionship. It was good conversation. It was connecting with my friends. And once I paired the layers back and paired back my needs, I realized, oh, wow, well, my needs are actually quite simple. And then once I understood the fundamental need, which was to find joy and to generate joy from within, and also my Christian background has a lot to do with that saying, you know, don't, don't place your like worth and your joy on all these external things. I was able to do things like, hey, let's go for a walk around Central Park. It's a very popular thing for my friends and I to do. Or let's do a potluck. Everybody, you know, bring in a dish or heck, buy it from Whole Foods. Like you don't need to cook for this. Just bring something to eat. For, for things like clothing, I realized I could get really, really nice clothing used, especially from people who buy it, wear it once and never do anything with it again. It's just as new. Right? It's just as new as you buying something off the clothing rack and wearing it once. So in every area of my life, I started applying this concept of how can I find joy? What is it that I truly need and what is extra? And just get it down to that fundamental core. Meet that core and, and then you're set. Like if you've meet that, that core that your heart's crying out for, that's that's like the, the hole in your heart that's been created or you solve the original psychological you know, tra trauma that, that started it all, then you don't need a lot to live life. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you hit so many key points that I just think are wonderful. It's stuff that I talk about in Burned Out to Badass is that essentially all of us humans want connection. And, you know, when... If exactly, if we just pair it back and, and we say like, Hey, I want to be your friend, you know, and like started putting it out there rather than trying to be like showy and get more followers on Instagram. But when we actually started making like true connections with people, not that you can't, I found some of my best friends on Instagram, but anyway, when, when you've extended and you've been vulnerable and say like, I see something in you that I want to get to know more about and you make those connections you know, a true friend is worth their weight in gold. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, really identifying your needs. Isn't it amazing that we go through life thinking what we need, but when we actually step back and look at it, it's a few basic things, like 12. If you, if you just really like, and then 
so many times when I pe- have people do an evaluation on their needs, like they're like, oh, I didn't even think fun was a need or play. <laughs> and I'm like, hello. <laughs> we got to work on that because if we aren't staying intentional into what are the actual needs, like you said, those true hole in your heart needs, then of course you're never going to fulfill be fulfilled. You're going to be frustrated. You're going to be burned out. You're going to say like, what am I doing all of this for? My Instagram followers will often, often ask, what do you do when you get stressed out? And I would say, I sleep. I'm like, I legit, I just let myself have that rest, rejuvenate my mind because, because most of my work is, you know, mental. It's not, and not as physical. And I know that sleep just replenishes, just brings me back to the well and it's as simple as that. Because I think people were wondering, maybe, do I go get my nails done? Or like, do I buy a new outfit? I'm like, no, sleep. It's so simple. And it's great. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. It's so true. So back when I was hustling as a doctor and like doing all the things, taking call, rounding out all the local nursing homes, like all the things, I remember like six hours of sleep was like the best I could do ever. (laughs) And so after I transitioned out of that job and started something different back in 2017, I was like, okay, for the whole month of October, Mm. I'm going to purposely try to get somewhere between eight and 10 hours of sleep. I'm telling you, it was better than any damn drug that I could ever prescribe to anyone. (laughs) But sleep, sleep is an essential need. It is. Oh my gosh. It, it is so rejuvenating on our brains. Like, and how, how can we walk around in this life not recognizing that? So I really try to stay attentive to that. In the winter, it's a little bit easier in Indiana because it gets dark and like we all settle down a little bit more. But I think that's, and that's one of the lessons I t- teach a lot of people is rest, really learning to rest because that's where all that replenishing energy, it's where your brain waves start to like do their thing. It's where you can actually like wake up in the morning and feel like refreshed rather than like, I'm going to go take a shower so I can wake up. That's not life. And I think that's so important to say like the best thing to help recover is absolutely free. You just have to make time and space for it. And that's so hard because we're in that go, go, go mindset and I'm, and I'm sure when you know when in, in medical school and as a doctor you have a very regimented structured way to go ahead right you go into for school and then you do your residency come in attending and then maybe you do you specialize and things like that I feel like all these very set paths have been set out for for that and then if you do anything different it, it feels like it's so wrong or it feels like there's something wrong with you same in my uh, my day job. So in management consulting, um, there's set recommended years that you spend at each level in the company. And then it's always encouraged that you get promoted faster. So people work themselves to death to, you know, beat that promotion guideline by half a year or beat it by a whole year to get ahead. And right now I'm at the point where there are people who have started out the same time that I did, who may be two, even three levels below me, who are now at the same level as me, because I took a longer, more sustainable route. I took that one year off. I sometimes go part-time for health reasons. So I'm not the fastest person. I'm not the fastest promoted person at my job. And I have to constantly tell myself each day, 
you're doing this for a good reason. You're doing this because you care about your health or you're doing this because of your family. And it's absolutely okay not to be the first one to make partner or whatever. I'm definitely not the first one. I'm probably the last one that will ever achieve this, but it's sustainable. And I wish more people can embrace that mentality and forgive themselves and see themselves as whole and amazing and smart and accomplished despite having different timelines than others. Well, and really, in the grand scheme of things, is there ever getting ahead? You're talking to the woman who went, tried to get done with high school early, tried to get done with college early so she could get into med school, took no time off to have babies or anything, like pushed them out and was back like a few weeks later. To what? To what end? did that do me to quote unquote, get ahead or to quote unquote, stay on schedule? I call that the railroad tracks. Like so many times we like put ourselves on the tracks. And again, that's that like invisible rules saying like, these are the rules. The rules are your friends. This is how you have to do things. And I love that you are speaking the same message and be like, no, it's all made up. Like you get to pick your own timeline and it is okay because different isn't wrong. Because I think so many times in our life how, you know, like you'd look at somebody and be like, what are they doing? Like they're a total jack up, you know, like they're marching to the beat of their own drum. And now I look at it and I was like, no, they're just different. And it doesn't, nothing has gone wrong here. Just different. And you don't know what goes on behind the scenes either, right? Like we don't get, we don't always get the opportunity to, to hear what people are feeling behind the scenes, what's going on. One of my great friends on Instagram, I, I also love making friends on Instagram. Um, and I've made a lot in the personal finance and real estate investing community. Um, and she made this public later on. But for months, she was going through a divorce with a very, very, very toxic person. And she was just barely trying to hold it together. And she's such a strong mama. I, I love her. And like, obviously, this is not something that you want to be sharing while you're going through this. And so people expected so much from her and she, you know, she couldn't do everything with the account. She just had to survive. And I'm glad that she shared it with me and just a few other people. We were there to support her. But this just showed me even more than ever. Look, like no one, no one has it all together. Everybody has a struggle. Nobody has all their shit together. Yeah, nobody. I'll say that again. Nobody has their <laughs> shit together. No matter how good they look online or they sound on a podcast, like we can both confide in that. Like we all have things. We all have those dark corners. It, and that is just the human experience. And you're not doing anything wrong. It is okay. It's a circumstance. And then we get to decide like, how we interact with it, how we respond to it. I have such a good friend and she has a very severe autoimmune disorder. And it was one of those for so long, she just tried to keep the wheel going and practicing medicine and like doing and do until like literally her body took her out. And, and, you know, and, and so talking to her about it and, and her experience now and where she's at, she's just like, you know, it just is. It just is. And then you figure it out. And that is so much the message that I want to put out to people is there's no magic formula. There's no like, do it exactly like how Aaron Wiseman did it or how Shung did it. And then you're going to be fine. No, it's like that self-discovery of finding out like, what are my true needs? Um, who are my people? 
and and finding, like you said, the joy and the gratitude in life and then letting kind of all the other stuff fall off the sides. Because at the end of the day, we all have an expiration date and we don't know when that is. But when they put me in the ground or scatter mat, whatever my kids decide to to do for me, I want them standing around and saying, damn, she really lived. (laughs) That's what I want at the end. It's like that, the, the eulogy resume versus the, you know, job resume, right? Like, what would people say at your funeral versus what would people think when they look at your resume? And hopefully we're looking, uh, working towards the latter. It's funny because I sometimes do share glimpses into my personal life on Instagram. And I talk about the fact that, look, I'm still not a perfect person. I can still be unhappy about a situation like right now. I'm in California, but we're sheltering in place and we didn't quite get the living situation sorted out. Daycare is a mess right now. And my husband and I are fighting because, again, we're new parents. We don't know how to navigate this. Pandemic is like wrecking our lives and our kid, you know, is being a toddler. All of this is normal, right? And I would share about, hey, like, we're just trying to work through something. And I'm not really happy about, about it right now. And I'll share it to Instagram. And it's interesting that the people who've gone through it would completely relate. And they're like, oh my God, I've, I've gone through this. I feel you. I support you. And the people who don't or like who think that my life should look a certain way or be perfect would be like, oh, you got to divorce that husband or you don't sound very happy or uh, why are you so mad, right? And I'm like, because I'm just being real about a situation where many others would never share it, right? Like how many Instagram influencers do you see out there talking about their not so perfect parts of the marriage. I usually see the divorce announcement before the ever, 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 ever talk about the difficult parts of marriage. Yeah. Then it's a shocker. You're like, what? They look like they had a perfect marriage. <laughs> they just had that photo shoot on the beach a week ago that she posted on Instagram and now they're doing it. That is why my friend, we are online BFFs because it, at the end of the day, my ride or die people, I want them to be real. And just as they, you hear them on the podcast or on Instagram, that's how we show up. And that's honestly real heartfelt connection. Absolutely. Tell the people who have loved this conversation, because I know that I have, where are some places that they can come hang out with you and find out more about your realness? Come be my friend. Um, obviously, I, I love interacting with you all on uh, primarily on Instagram because they got that you know private messaging thing going. So I'm on Instagram at save my sense. That's all one word. Save your sense. Save my sense. Um, I also blog at uh, samefivesense.com. I, I have a Facebook group, but really start with me on Instagram. I reply to messages. I try to help people when they have personal finance questions. Um, I'm here to promote you achieving that freedom through finances, but also through mindset. So I'd love to uh, welcome you as part of my community and, and chat with you there. Hell yes. And we'll have all that in the show notes. So don't feel like you have to write it down right now. And yeah, and that's how we connected was through Instagram. And I'm I'm so grateful for that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm so excited to help with all of this and just know that the badass in me honors the badass in you. Same thing. We are on the same wavelength, you and me. Told ya. Pretty amazing, right? Well, I'm so glad that you listened all the way through. Thanks for rocking with me with the new music. And before we wrap this up, don't forget, 
reach out to our sponsor, MR Insurance. They're the consultants with the goals to assist you by getting the most comprehensive coverage that fits your unique needs. So reach out to them again at drpodcastnetwork.com backslash MR Insurance. And remember, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.